So we're just going to pick back up with our um, series uh, called Balance, and, and before we do, I just want to uh, express uh, just uh, gratitude to Pastor Doug. What an awesome message last week. Amen. Can you show your appreciation to him? Amen. And uh, that, that was good. And I also, um, and there's other people that, that maybe have birthdays and things like that. And when it happens and when I can remember it, then I, I will try to acknowledge it. But one happens to be my sister today. And uh, she won't let me tell her how old she is because I think I did that before. Yeah, and, 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 but it's her birthday today. Say happy birthday, Paula. <laughs> yeah. And... Um, and uh, it's such an awesome treat to be able to have part of your family here uh, with you in church and in ministry. Um, for those of you who have experienced that or don't get to experience that, you know how important it is and you should cherish it. And uh, I I'm, I'm, know that I'm very thankful for it. Well, um, we're going to get started then on, on the balance here. I have a video maybe and have the audio of the CPU on there if you would, please. And just watch this video if you would, please. Must... What's there? We'll restart it, okay? We'll try that. Audio on the computer on? Here we go. You can read it. There is someone who is coming who will baptize you with water, but I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Jesus is going to do that. Amen? The Holy Spirit and fire. And I got another video there, so hopefully we could figure out what that is and, um, and uh, take, take care of that. But I appreciate our sound people. Whenever they, they're up there just doing the best they can, you know, it's just like, it, it's crazy. Something works before and then it doesn't work. How many of you ever had that happen before? Yeah, my son called me yesterday. He said, Dad, there's this funny noise being made in my car. And he said, I'm really nervous to drive it. And, you know, and, and I'm like, okay. And I've, I've told him to do that, you know, and, and let me help out. Because if you hear something, it could be really bad. And, and you know, if I'm close by, I don't want it to get worse. And so um, I, I went down there and I got in the car. And guess what? It didn't make the noise. He's like, I, I kid you not. And Val was with him also. And I was like, it made it. It really, it made the noise. And, and, and so we're, you know, I'm going back and forth and trying to make it. We only could make it a little bit. I said, this isn't bad. This is nothing. He said, it's not doing it the same way. You know, and uh, that's so frustrating at times. But uh, anyway, um, I'm glad that uh, he's, he's always faithful. Amen. <laughs> I'm glad that he doesn't make any mistakes and he's always there for us. So uh, we're talking here about balance today in the spirit. And uh, that's one of our, our the, the wrapping up in this balance series. And, and you say, balance in the spirit. What's that mean? I want you to hold on for a little bit because I want to go through a little bit of a review, if we could. And we've been talking about the strategic versus spiritual. 
And you might say verses. That, that pastor, is that, that really a right word? And, and it's really been something that I've had a hard time with actually saying, almost like when we had our, our, uh, our Christian Atheist series, because, you know, it was kind of like it, it didn't make sense. It was an oxymoron. It really, you know. But the strategic versus spiritual, really what I want, and I hope that we've all come to the understanding of, of after these last number of weeks, is that really it's the strategic equals the spiritual. That, that, that one doesn't have to be in, uh, in competition or in opposition to the other. You see, it is not strategic is not anti-spiritual any more than spiritual is, is, non -anti, uh, is not anti-strategic. All right? Now, if you rely upon one thing more than the other, you won't be a person of balance. And you'll find yourself just flying by the seat of your pants if you want to be super spiritual, or planning everything out that you don't let God have any input or part of anything. And so, as a church, we have a delicate balance that we need to maintain being led by the Holy Spirit who says, listen, I'm a God of order. How many of you know he's a God of order? That's what he said, right? I mean, he said it in, in there in, in the book of Corinthians, and he, he reminds us, he says, listen, th th there's some things that you can even do in a spiritual sense or in a spiritual way that becomes out of order. How many of you have seen some things that's happened out of order before in, in, in the church? Somewhere where you've been, never here, right? Okay, but, but somewhere it's been that you've seen something happen. Not many of you have seen anything out of order. That's really great, all right? I've seen some things out of order before, all right? And uh, when I say that, I mean someone maybe gets out of order in the way they speak to somebody. How many have seen someone get out of order in the way they speak to someone? Come on. That tongue, right? It's a little thing, but it steers the whole ship, right? That rudder? All right. Yeah, it's a, a flame, a spark, but anyway, that's a whole other message, all right? You see, when we are balanced in our strategy and our spiritual, the intention of strategy and the influence of the Spirit will share common goals. When we understand and we are balanced in our strategy and spiritual, then we allow for the intention of strategy. That's what we're talking about. Being intentional with coming up with what God would have us to do and, and praying so. Being spiritual all along the way and asking God, God, what would you have me to say today? What would you have me to do? How would you have me to, to greet people or work or, 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 or uh, to use my gifts to make a plan? You know, some people think that you, you have to be spontaneous. They think that the spiritual or to be spiritual is to just be spontaneous and that God can't think of things a week ahead, five weeks ahead, a year ahead? Listen, how many of you know that God thought so far ahead, He thought about you? Before you came out of your mother's womb, He thought about you. That's what we're talking about here today. You see, the strategic and the spiritual are something that are equal, all right? And when we can have them balanced, we as a church can accomplish so much more. Let me take for a moment and review with you over the, past, the previous weeks. We, we talked about balance in love. Love for one another, all right? Must, be, must involve an intentional strategy because guess what? Some of you just are not all that lovable. I was waiting for that, all right? Not exactly from there, but anyway, that's okay. You know? Some of us are not. I should say maybe some of us. I don't know. I, I just wanted you to understand that, you know, regardless of how great you think you are, regardless of how right you think that you are, Sometimes in your rightness or your righteousness, you end up crossing other people. And the way in which you get to 
show and demonstrate love to somebody is when you love them in spite of themselves or in spite of yourself, as the case may be. How many of you know that many times we can look and see the faults of other people but not really see what we need to work on? Like, if you would only do this, then I could go ahead and be right. All right? Well, anyway, enough with that. This is only supposed to be a review, all right? But you see, you, you could say what you want to do, but will only do it when the Spirit changes you. How many of you could testify to the fact that, guess what? You've seen what the love of God does in individuals. You've seen what the love of God has done in you. You've seen your ability to be able to look past somebody else's inadequacies and be able to say, you know what? I love you anyway. You put that smile on. Some people think it's a mask. I don't think it's a mask at all. I call it Christ. You see, you, you, you just, I, you, someone said, I'm not talking about being fake, all right? But I'm talking about, you know what, you may not feel like expressing love. You may not feel like, you know, really being in that, that, that way in which you know you need to be. But guess what? It's a time to put on Christ. And that's what we need to do. That's how we demonstrate love. And, and we talk about the, the mission. And we need to balance our mission. The mission of the church is to make disciples. And you know what? It'll best be done, when the, and it was best done when the apostles implemented the strategy and relied upon the Holy Spirit to do what he could do. They went out, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and allowed for him to do the drawing and the identifying. The Word of God says that his spirit must bear witness with our spirit that we're children of God. I can't come up to anybody and tell them who they are in Christ. They've got to know. That's why that question is so great for Mary, amen? Who, do you know who you are? See, in order for the church to do what it has not been doing, okay, and that's in our, our uncharted territories, it must venture into uncharted territories. But we venture into uncharted territories with a plan and a strategy. As much as we can see far, ahead, far enough ahead, but we rely upon God to fill in the, in the gaps. We rely upon him to fill in the difference. I love it that I can re be reminded on a regular basis, the master's promise to me that, you know what, as a disciple of God, that he will be with me always, even unto the very end of the age. That's in the Great Commission, right? I reminded that, that he's going to be with me always. And so, guess what? My mission in, in moving into uncharted territories will bring me to this place that we've talked about with unity, all right? In unity, in order for the church to be unified, as Pastor Doug talked about last week, and, and he, he got a little personal. Hello, how many of you know he got a little personal? <laughs> it, it said, oh, yeah, he talked about us as far as the church. And I appreciated that, and I, I didn't set him out to do that, all right, as far as thing. I said, you got unity with regards to, I mean, I didn't say go get him or anything like that. That's what I'm trying to say. I mean, I, you could say this, but I can't. I mean, I didn't give him the points, all right. I just said, this is, and, and these are the things that the Lord laid upon his heart. And so I get to come back, and, and, and I get to just ride in the residue. The, resi the residual... There's residue. That's leftover, okay? The anointing, all right? And there we go. And the residual effect of a church who wants to be unified. Amen? I understand we were supposed to be praying this week uh, for seven days. Praying all, all week. God, make us a unified church. How many of you know that, that you don't do that when you only, only when you have problems? We need to be praying for unity all the time. Because the enemy tries to come in. How many of you guys have had your marriage going in a really great way, and then all of a sudden you got hit by a curveball? 
You're like, what? You think that? I mean, we, we, we have communication with each other. We think we've got everything, and it's all, it's all linking up and going together right. And then guess what? We're not even on the same page. Like, how many years have we been married? Does that only happen with me? Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> you see, as a unified church, we need to be intentional and strategic about giving one another the benefit of the doubt. We need to be strategic and intentional and spiritual about rooting for one another, about allowing the Spirit to accentuate our common threads of humanity, that we would understand that we're one big family, amen? That's what we're talking about as far as balance. It's amazing when you think about it and about what we're going to be talking about today because it's the day of Pentecost, amen? It's a day in which we recognize and a historical event took place that forever changed the direction of the church. And that was recorded for us in Acts chapter 2. But what's interesting to me is that there were people who were gathering there. And from those people, okay, from the, the, the groups of people over there, were about 15 different nationalities. You might think, what? Well, at least 15 different people who spoke in, in different languages. Because when they came together on the day of Pentecost, the people who had traveled from afar for the Feast of Weeks, all right, they had come on in. It's a, it's a regular time in which they gathered together. And, and people from all over different areas that came there, speaking different languages, they heard them praising God in their language. And guess what? Out of that there began to be a stirring. Out of that began, uh, began something within the body of Christ and within the people who weren't even the body of Christ to be awakened and say, something special is going on here. Maybe we ought to listen to what else is going to be said. And then we know that Peter goes on and he begins to give this message of which we can't go through it piece by piece, but you need to read it, Acts chapter 2. Actually, I'm going to go so far as this. I've seen a suggestion about this and I thought it would be really great that... I know it's uh, June 4th right now, okay? But I think it'd be a really awesome thing for you to, for us to read the book of Acts together throughout the remainder part of this month. And I'd like to see you catch up, read chapters 1 through 4. It won't take very long at all. Just do it today. It's Sunday afternoon, all right? And, and, and uh, just go ahead or tonight and read those four chapters. If it takes you two days to get, get caught up, then so be it. But on every single day, tomorrow read the fifth chapter. The next day, read the sixth chapter, and, you know, and, and, and just read through the book of Acts, and, 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 and then we pray into it. Can you do that for me? Can you say, you know what? I want the Acts of the Apostles to be a reality in our life again. I want for the New Testament church of which I am part of to be happening. I want for the, yes, the signs and the wonders, all right? And I want salvations. I want the church to be growing again, amen? All right, you're a little quiet. <laughs> Some of you know about it, all right? But guess what? You know, when Peter got there and he preached that message, he was preaching and, and, and he wasn't being tender at all. He looked at those people and he says, this Jesus whom you crucified, <laughs> this one that you betrayed. Now, he did make note that, you know what, he gave his own life. It, it, it wouldn't have happened, all right, unless he gave himself up for that. But, but he says, listen, and, 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 and this is what Jesus has done for you and me. You didn't understand it then. But guess what? Out of that message came 3,000 people who came to know Jesus. 
people were doing what? They were doing what our theme is for the year. They were gathering together. They were growing up into this church that was non-existent before. And they were getting ready to go out into the world to reach all generations. They were experiencing. See, and we want you to understand, we believe that we, if we will do well, if we will model a New Testament principle, okay, that we can continue gathering together, have an excitement about it, be intentional about it, have a strategy about it. Our life groups that we have, and, and we're, we're going to continue to implement and continue to put a, a, an emphasis on they are so vital to you growing so that you can be in these small areas and be able to share with one another on intimate levels. Some of that stuff used to be done and is still done in some Sunday school classes or Christian education classes and such. We're not trying to take those things away, but some of you don't go to those things. And I don't, I'm not casting any judgment on you. I'm just trying to say to you, if you don't find a way to gather together with the body of Christ on a regular basis that's more than just this church service, all right, you are going to have a very shallow relationship, both with the body of Christ and with Christ, because he meant for the body of Christ to be meeting together regularly. And you know what? They weren't meeting together like we do here this particular time. Some of their things were, were feasts and, and weeks long. They took days off of work to go ahead and gather together and have long types of feasts. Amen? No, we're not asking that of you. But I just want to give you a prescription. I want to give you a prescription for how you can be everything that God wants you to be. There's a strategy that's been devised by God and carried out by the Holy Spirit. God has a strategy when it comes to the working of the Spirit. You say, well, Pastor, that's, that, that's not really profound. Yes, it is, because some of us don't act that way. We don't live that way. We're like, what is going on? I don't get this. I don't get, God, why you are allowing for these adversities and these trials to come into my life. This last week I read a devotion from Charles Spurgeon and he lived a long time ago, but he talked about care and he talked about, you know what? When we have care that is unbalanced, how it's a sin, it's called worry. Anybody ever have worry before? Anybody ever worry? Yeah, anybody ever have anxiety and stress about the unknown? He says, you know what? When you live in that realm, you basically are living in a place where you say, you know what, God, if it was up to me, I know what I would be doing here. I'm worrying about this because you're not doing the things the way in which I think they should happen, the way in which I could see that they happen. You know what? And you totally disacknowledge. You totally don't acknowledge the strategy that God has. You say, well, God, is he behind all the bad things too? No, but God's aware of them. And God has a way to pull you out of those things. But I believe this. I believe we get pulled out of those things a whole lot better and faster based upon our response to the situations. When the enemy starts to see that what he's trying to do to beat you down isn't working, then guess what? He's going to run. He's going to run. He's going to do just like what he did with Jesus. Amen? Jesus fought him with the word. He came against him. He tried to tempt him. And he says, you know what? It is written. Say that with me. It is written. Now guess what? In order for you to say that, you've got to know it. Right? It is written. What's written? What do you know is written? Because if we're not in the Word of God on a regular basis, then we're going to find a hard time being able to say to him over and over again that it is written. But then, after we say it is written, and Jesus said it too, the enemy looked for a more, another time in which he might be able to come back. Looked for another opportunity. He's not going to give up. 
But God has a plan even though we don't understand. The plan was followed by man, but followed by man so far with limited understanding. Sometimes the Lord will lead us down a path and we're like, Lord, where are you taking me? Why is this happening? I don't like this pain. It is my, not my job as your pastor or anybody else or even God's job to alleviate or to take all pain away from because he actually uses pain in your life to be able to bring you to a place of trust. <laughs> Hopefully that audio is working now. Let's watch this video. Quick, quick little clip here, if you could, please. I hear it in the house. Is it in the house? I got only the monitors up here. Actually, it's only coming out of here. When did that happen before? Didn't we have something over there? <laughs> and you might be wondering, I'm not advertising for AIG or whatever, but you know, AIG is an insurance company and they're into risk. They're into insuring risk. 
They realize that things will go wrong. Things will happen in people's lives and they need someone there to be able to help them to fill the gaps and to, and to make things right again. I got thinking about, wow, you know what? That's kind of like God for us, right? Things are going to happen. Things are going to go wrong. And sometimes you get sideswiped by somebody and you're what, no, wondering what in the world is going on. There's some type of a, an event that's happening in your life and you're saying, wow, Holy Spirit, where are you at? You're supposed to give me a heads up on that. Aren't you kind of the crystal ball kind of a, you know, God? That's what people want, right? I mean, if he is able to give other people words and be able to point things out, then how, how come I couldn't be at the right place at the right time in order to receive that million dollars? Why couldn't have I been the millionth customer in line and been able to receive all that blessing, you know? We think about all of the things that don't happen to us, all right, that we want to have happen, and all the things that we don't want to have happen <laughs> do happen, and we're just like, God, where are you? We don't understand. But here, I wanted to give you a little back, backdrop. Some of you remember uh, a man by the name of uh, Paul Harvey, right? And what was his, uh, his uh, final his, uh, saying uh, when he would do his radio program? And let me give you the rest of the story, right? I want to give you a little bit of backdrop if I can in the next 12 minutes or so. We'll see how that works, all right? But anyway, um, with, with what's going on with regards to the Holy Spirit, all right? I want to set the stage for you here tonight, okay? Because tonight, we're going to go ahead and we're going to pray for people to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Now, you might say, Pastor, why am I going to do that today? Are you afraid of what will happen to the Holy Spirit? You, you, you know, you can't, you, you don't want to, no, I'm not afraid of that at all. I want to give some time for it. I, I believe that the Lord will strategically set some things up for some people. And if you get filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit where you're sitting right there while I'm preaching, as we'll talk about tonight, as Peter was preaching, and they just got filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then so be it. I don't care about that. But I'm telling you what the Lord's laid up on my heart is specifically we're going to pray for people who've never been filled or was filled so long time ago that you can't remember really what it was like to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit tonight. So I want you to come on out. So I've just got, I, I, I got some scriptures that I'm going to fast track through here right now and just a couple points that I want to be able to give to you in preparation for that as far as to put within your heart a, a recognition about what God has planned for you. He's got a str strategy to help you to become everything that he ever wanted you to be, all right? And it starts right here in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. He says, I baptize you with the water for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. That's, that's John the Baptist. He's speaking, all right, and he's talking to hear about what's going on. He says, after me will come one who is more powerful. Say, more po powerful. Yeah, and, uh, and it's interesting because Jesus makes a reference to what John says there in Acts later on. So we'll take a look at that in just a moment. But in John chapter 15, I want you to see just for a few moments why I want you to, to understand the need for the Holy Spirit, okay? See, John, Jesus says to his disciples in John 15, he says, When the Counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify. Say testify. testify. <laughs> he will testify, all right? Uh, he will give a testimony, all right? There's probably going to be a test, but there's going to be some story. There's going to be some backdrop that's going to happen, all right? I mean, anybody been tested before? <laughs> and now you've got a story? 
All right? Yeah, it's like history, all right? It's your story or his story, all right? I love what you can do with words sometimes. But anyway, he's going to testify about me. And you also must testify. Look at your neighbor and say, you also must testify. (laughs) For you have been with me from the beginning. Now, you might think, well, I wasn't there from the beginning. But how many of you know the Spirit has a way of doing catch-up? All right? He has a way of bringing us all along. So all this I have told you so that you will not go astray. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, a time is coming when anyone who kills you will think he is offering a service to God. Now, how many of you thinking right now that those people don't realize and that they're signing up for that? <laughs> You're going to kill me? <laughs> I, 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 okay, I, I mean, yeah. They're going to put me out of the synagogue. Okay, I can handle that. Don't let me come to your church. But, you know, you're, you're, you're going to kill me? And you're going to think that by killing me, you're offering a service to God? Does that sound a little bit like God doesn't know what he's allowing to have happen? <laughs> but how many can say that there's a strategy? And say there's a strategy in that. There's a strategy in that. There really is, all right? And, and, and so they will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I have told you this so that when the time comes, you will remember that I warned you. I did not tell you this at first because I was with you. And we could go on and, and, and reading. He says, and, and, but he says, now I am going to him who sent me, yet none of you asked me, where are you going? I, I want to kind of get to some points. I don't want to read too fast, but I want to... Hold on, somebody's because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. I can't make reference, I guess, to every point is what I'm saying right now. I don't have enough time, but look at this. But I will tell you the truth. It is for your good that I am going away. Because he tells them the things that's going on, it brings grief. And isn't that exactly what lots of people want? If you would have just told me this was coming, I could have handled it better. Big time fallacy. Big time fallacy. What really is equated into is that you don't really want to trust God in the moment. There's people who call themselves very spiritual and ready to receive and flow with God wherever and whenever He wants to go. But guess what? When it comes to things happening, you're not understanding why, all of a sudden you want to put the brakes on. You say, hold on here. He says, but I tell you what, it's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor won't come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict. Say convict. (laughs) The world of guilt in regard to sin, all right? Now, the world in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. Now, you you can take a look at this. And and once again, I don't have a whole lot of time to go on this. But he will convict with with guilt with regard to sin, but also in righteousness. How do you convict someone in righteousness? How many of you ever heard the enemy beat you up when you were doing the best that you could and made you think that you were less than what you were? All right? That's the Holy Spirit. Now, that's what the enemy will do, but the Holy Spirit will come to you and say, you know what? You just keep your hand to the plow and don't look back. He's convicting you in the right that you're trying to do. In your righteousness and in and, and, and judgment in regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. All right? We're going to go ahead and move right on down here. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, look what he's going to do. This is why you need the Holy Spirit in your life. Because he will guide you. He will speak to you. He will tell you what is yet to come. Now, not all the time. That's that crystal ball stuff. Everyone says, yeah, that's what I want. He will bring glory to me. By taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. And that's why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. It's so important for us to realize 
that God's got a strategy. He spoke of it. He, 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 he foretold it. He, John was baptizing with water. He said, it's not the end of the story. Get me, let me give you a little bit more of the story. That there's someone who's going to be coming and he's going to be baptizing you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Well, what, why, why, why would I want that? What difference? Because we can see what will happen. He will guide us. He'll be a counselor to us. He'll speak to us. He'll bring glory to the Father. We need the Holy Spirit today. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we find this, and I love what happens here. He says, in my former book, now this is uh, Luke, the doctor, writing to Theophilus. He says, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit, Jesus too, in cooperation with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that came on him when he was baptized, all right, in water, to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering... He showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. And so what we celebrate today, all right, is the 40 plus the 10, all right? I'm going to get into that and I'll bring it all together here in a minute. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem. Now say this with me, this yellow part. But wait for the gift my father promised. Wait for the gift my father promised. You got some people in here that's ever struggles with patience? Wait. Wait for the gift. Okay, well, I, I can wait a couple hours. I might be able to wait today. But I'm going to wait for 10 days like they did. I'm going to wait. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, you just keep waiting and waiting. Jesus goes away and says, hey, guys, go ahead and go. And I'm not sure how long it took them to actually get there and such, but they go to this upper room in the middle of when they're doing this you know, upper room thing. They're, they're choosing out another disciple to take Judas' spot. I mean, there's things that are going on, okay? But, but he says, wait for the gift, my Father, which you have heard me speak about. For John, and then he refers back to it, we give the backstory of what happened, makes direct reference, the, the, the strategy that I had from the very beginning is still going to be being carried out in your life, if you will let it. In a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And um, he said to them, it's not for you to know the times, the dates. I mean, they were still thinking from a worldly perspective. I'm so thankful that some of our, you know, our values is that, that is, as far as being part of Central, that we are eternally minded people. Amen? We're Christ-centered, but we're also eternally minded. We're, we're, we're living not just for the moment, but, we're, but I don't have to worry about times. I don't have to worry about dates. I don't have to become consumed with all of those things. All I have to do is keep my hand to the plow. I know I'm going to keep on saying that, and, and maybe some of you don't get it, but in the times of, of, of cultivating and, and, and farming and such that we go there, they would have this plow that, that was pulled by, by horses or oxen, and, and, and they would they have to stick to it, and they had to hold, keep their hand on the plow so it would go straight. And when they would take their hand off, they'd become distracted. Things got a little wacky there, right? Goes all over the place. He wants us to keep our hands on the plow so we stay straight. But you will receive power. Say power. power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It's so important for you to realize this is what we celebrate today. And this is the, the last scripture I have. And I'm going to just give you those quick points 
and uh, and I they're really actually the applications are already made in the scriptures we talked about. But I just want to summarize here. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together. The disciples and other people. Other invites. Other people who was, who was there from the beginning because they went and they chose some from among them who were there from the very beginning of Jesus' ministry when, when they got there and could be able to witness that and that's how they got Matthias, all right? But suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven filled the whole house where they were sitting, and they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, listen, how many of you would, would agree with me that this is a little bit odd? That, I, don't, I see shame. Raise your hand if you think this is a little bit odd. I mean, okay, Lord, you're going to fill them with the Holy Spirit, all right? What's with all the theatrics? Hello? Some people, they say, well, I don't want all the theatrics. I just want you to speak the truth to me. Listen, God's into doing things His way. And I don't mean to be disrespectful by calling that theatrics at all. I'm just telling you that some of you are just like, you know what? I could receive the Holy Spirit. I don't need to hear a sound. I, 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 I don't need to see any tongues of fire. I, I don't need, you know, this power. I just want the power. Give me the power. Right? <laughs> The other stuff, you know, I, I don't want some of that stuff, you, you know, that, that, that's going on and, and that happens sometimes in, in churches. And, and, you know, that brings us to the, the point, the realization concerning the Holy Spirit is that you have to have an experience with the Holy Spirit. But it may not be the same experience that everybody else is having. Now, there's some experiences that we have biblical support for. Once again, I can't get into all that, but the Bible says that when you become filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we believe you will speak in other tongues. All right? In other words, that'll be the evidence of it. And I don't want to freak anybody out who's never done that before and think that, oh man, I'm not coming. I'm not ready for that. I just have a question for you. Don't you want everything that God has for you? Because if you do, I don't want to put any, label, any resistance on what, what God can and what He can't do. If He wants to fill me with the Spirit, you can understand this. We're not going to make anyone fall over. We're not going to make you and hold you up here to the altar until you start to speak in a certain manner or way. We're not even going to tell you to repeat anything after us. Listen, the power of God's going to come upon you when you get hungry for Him, all right? When you desire an experience, all right? And, and, and some may have had some pretty out-of-the-ordinary experiences. Okay? Some have gone and made the mistake of blaming it on God. There's been some things that's happened in the name of the Spirit that actually wasn't the Spirit, all right? <laughs> I, I, I feel like in order to be a truth teller, in order for us to have legitimacy with anybody else who's just kind of wondering about that, you have to know that I know as your pastor that some things have not been done not right. Not, not, I'm not speaking about just in the church. You've seen it on TV. You've seen things that, that, that people have given reports of that they've done in the name of God, and some of it is just not scriptural. And you've got to know that. So what happens is sometimes you throw the baby out with the bathwater because you don't want that experience. And you need to understand, are you closing yourself off or shutting yourself off from the experience that God does want you to have? We must have an experience with the Holy Spirit. It's not going to be like everybody else. 
There's going to be other things that's going to happen. Some people come up here and they got prayed for today. And when they were standing here and they got prayed for, the power of God came upon them. They felt like they were going to sit down, they are going to lay, lay back or fall out. They just went ahead and did that, all right? We give opportunity for that to happen, not because we think that's a more of a spiritual thing that happens. Not any more spiritual. You understand that? But sometimes it happens. But we, we give respect to and honor. Hey, if someone wants to pray that way, then they can. I can remember the very first time that it happened to me, all right? I don't have a long time to go into that either. But I'm telling you that it is a real experience. It happens. But I don't live to come and get prayed for to fall over. I live so I can get filled with the power of God so I can be His witness. I live wanting the power of God so I have a testimony. I live wanting the power of God and the Holy Spirit so I will, He will guide me, so He will give me counsel, He will give me comfort, He will convict me, He will do the things that need to be done to make me effective for Him. John chapter 20, you can see it, the, 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 the work and the talk of the Holy Spirit verses 21 and 22. I don't have it there, but I'll tell you what. It's Jesus had already taken, and he had, after his resurrection, had came into a room, walked through a door, and said, hey guys, receive the Holy Spirit. And he breathed on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. But that wasn't this that we're talking about. Because why, if they received the Holy Spirit, would they then tell him to go wait there in Jerusalem for the power that's going to cause for you to be dynamic, dunamis people. Here's the other part. We need explosiveness of the Holy Spirit. We need power, all right? Now, some people make the mistake of seeking after signs and wonders. I'm not telling you to do that. You, you, we, we shouldn't even put spiritual accolades upon the signs and wonders that follow because there's been people in the name of God who have done certain things and signs and wonders have seemingly happened in their ministry and such like that, and they've later fallen. So it doesn't mean, no, it doesn't mean that you, you can't fall if you do this. I'm just saying to you that I don't seek signs and wonders. I seek his face. The word of God says signs and wonders will follow those who believe. Are you a believer today? Because God has a power that he wants to make manifest through your, your life, through your ministry. I want our musicians to come, if you would, please. We need an explosiveness of the Holy Spirit. I love the... What happens in nature? Well, I don't love it. I actually hate it. Uh, it. It's a bittersweet type of thing. It works great for an illustration. Because how many of you have been irritated with some type of a weed or grass coming up in the most craziest of places where you think, how could this survive? A tree out of the side of a mountain, grass and weeds in the middle of your, your, your concrete parking lot, How many of you, it, it, it drives you crazy? You're like, you put weed killer on it, it still comes back. It's just a little seed, it's just a little weed, because it's got explosive power. There's something that's been put within that seed, and within that environment, that causes for there to be an explosion, and you just can't keep that weed down. <laughs> Someone's need to get a little weedy. A little weed-like characteristics, amen? <laughs> All right, I'm going to say that carefully now. <laughs> <laughs> We need explosiveness of the Holy Spirit. Finally, we need to do what we're going to do tonight. And I hope you do it. We need to be expecting. We need to be hungry for a move of the Holy Spirit. 
the scripture verses I read verify all these particular points. I just gave them to you really quick. I realize that. But I, I, wanted, I want you to understand. God wants to give you an encounter and an experience with Him. I wish I could tell you everything that's going to happen. I could tell you what's happened to me and I could tell you what's happened to other people. But what I think you really need to know more than anything else is that you want everything that God has available to you. If you want that, if you get hungry for God, if you expect Him to do that, because in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, He says, listen, every single one of us should, uh, should repent and be baptized. But in that text, He's talking about verse 39, and He says, and this gift of the Holy Spirit is for you and your children. Your children's children. It's, it's, it's amazing. This power, this explosive power to be a, testi- to be a, to be a witness, to be a testimony unlike any other way. You just can't do it in your own strength. The problem with Peter that we'll talk more about tonight, the problem with Peter is he functions so long in his own natural giftings. He was a loudmouth. That happened to be a natural gifting. Anybody identify with that today? Okay. (laughs) Some people bold enough to say so. He operated in that realm. He operated in, in, in a boldness. He had a boldness of a sense. You're like, well, he needed power. He needed boldness. Wasn't he going to be the same no matter what? Uh-uh. Because Peter stuck to it. He, he, he didn't let anybody push him around and such like that. He was, he was a man, right, of, of, of integrity. And tonight we'll hear about it, how he got changed up a little bit. Not that his integrity changed, but his thoughts and his ways about who and where he should go and when he should go and do what he needs to do. Come tonight. Come hungry. Come expecting God to do something in your life. If you can't come back tonight, I want to tell you something. God has a strategy and a plan for your life still today. The plan is to have relationship with you. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He comes and dwells within us at the point of salvation, the point when you say, Dear Jesus, I recognize what a, what a sinner I am. When you ask Him to come in your life, He'll come in. He'll make things new. And then He says, But you know, there's this, there's this area of also surrender in your life where I want you to just give totally over to me and I want to fill you to overflowing with the power of my Spirit. And I want to totally change the trajectory of your life. I don't want you to go and operate in the natural. I want you to have an experience with me that will cause for there to be explosive power, that will give you a a, a spirit of expectancy. You can wake up every day and say, all right, God, what now? You're not afraid of the strategy. You're not afraid of the unknown. You're not afraid of the uncharted territory. You're not afraid of how someone could cross you. You're just like, you know what? God's big enough to make this good. Bow your heads with me, if you would, please. Heavenly Father, we come to you here today. And we're going to sing this song in closing. But Lord, we know that you've got still more that you want to do in our lives. So I ask right now, if there be anybody in this place today, Lord, that does not know you, that doesn't have personal relationship with you, that they won't put it off even for another moment. But they'll pray this prayer with me in the next moment or so. And say, dear Jesus, come into my life. Church, are you praying right now? I pray that somebody who doesn't know him, somebody that doesn't have the confidence of relationship with him, will come to know him right now. Right now, Holy Spirit, show people your plan for their life.
pull them out of the miry, the miry clay. Touch them, I pray, right now. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed and there may be some individuals in here today who say, you know what, I just know I need to get my life right. I can't expect to have any more power from God because I'm not in relationship with Him. I'm not hooked up to Him at all. And, and, and I need the, the very first part of Him being my Savior, Him being my Lord. And if that's you here today, would you lift up your hand? By the uplifted hand, you say, you know what, pray for me, Pastor. Yes, I see that. God bless you. I see that over here to my right. Yeah, left. Right in the center, I see you. God bless you. You can put your hand down. Someone else, i got two individuals. Amen. Three, God bless you. Anyone else? Are you praying, church? Come on, someone's praying because something's happening right now. For three individuals. Come on, where are you at right now? Anybody else? Here to, today can be a, a game changer for you. It can be a game changer. can totally turn things around for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Yeah, see that? Good, good. Got four. Some of you making recommitments. I know I prayed a prayer with you. That's okay. The enemy comes to you and he tries to steal your faith away. Well, right now we're going to pray a prayer and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to seal things up for you. Do you recognize it's not based upon your works? It's based upon what he's accomplished and you believing in what he's accomplished. Amen? So pray, everyone in this church, I want you to pray this prayer with me and these poor people who prayed this, uh, raise their hands. Father, right now, say, Father, right now. Father, right now. We thank you. We thank you. For moving in our lives. For moving in our lives. For giving to us. Giving to us. The opportunity. The opportunity. To be set free. To be set free. From sin. From sin. Thank you. Thank you. For paying my price. Paying my price. And letting me. And letting me. Have relationship with you. Have relationship with you. I believe in you. I believe in you. That Jesus, you are the Son. That Jesus, you are the Son. That you died for my sins. You died for my sins. You are resurrected from the grave. You're resurrected from the grave. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For setting me free. For setting me free. In Jesus' name.